Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Football Frenzy. Broadcasting live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Coming up on the program today for the course of the next hour, leading you up to the best friends forever. Got some issues we want to discuss as we get ready for training camps, training camps all across NFL is starting today. We want to get into some players that will start the season with some early suspensions. Let you know what we think about them when they get back on the field. Also, Julio Jones in training camp. Get the latest news and information on him. I got some exe- I got some beat the fantasy executive league information. We'll go ahead and get that out so you can go on over to the NFFC site and start signing up. And my man, Evan Laser, he covers the New England Patriots. He's a good buddy of mine. We work together at Sports Illustrated. I say that in the past tense. Um, so he'll be joining us on the program today. Talk a little New England Patriots. Uh, all in kid Jake Celia will be with us in a minute, holding it down today. For, I'm here. Uh, hey, we got the all in kid Jake Celia with us already. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and holding it down <laughs> for us in studio. Wearing his Pittsburgh Steelers shirt. I'll start by introducing him. Holding it down for the closer, Chris Ventra is my man, Mike Blewett. Mike Blewett, what's good? What you glad to see you? I know you control the weekends over yes. here, but glad to see you during the weekday. Yes, uh, happy to be here. So excited to talk to you and Jake. Uh, obviously, a lot going on now that training camps are finally open. We get to stop talking about um, news items that were mostly irrelevant and start to focus on things that may happen that are critical to fantasy football. No players. doubt about it. So glad to have you here joining the program with us. We'll touch on a little offensive line stuff with you. I know that's your M.O., sure. so we'll just tag on it a little bit. All in, kid. Jake Seeley, what's good with you, my man? This is my first time hearing your voice today. I didn't get to hear the morning program. How you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Speaking of crucial, hey, Skype, get your ass in gear over here. If you're going to force <laughs> me to upgrade, make your damn product work. I haven't. I don't think I've ever heard Jake Seeley cuss. Until just now, sort of, yeah. Well, I mean, he's oh no, I have heard him cuss he's, before. Yeah, he, when he got when he had that beef either. when we were still yeah. on Sirius XM, that horrible channel now, um, hasn't been good since the Roto Experts in the morning left. When we was um on that channel, when Jake had that beef with Craig Mish, he did say a cuss word at Craig on the air, and I got in trouble for that nonetheless. Well, <laughs> bad producing. Yes, that is correct. It was my fault that Jake Seeley cursed. Jake, uh, it, was, it was your fault for not hitting the dump button. <laughs> yeah, the dump button that didn't exist. That's what it's there for? <laughs> yeah, we didn't have one though. Uh-uh. It's crazy. It's yeah, like, just wait, 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 a good carpenter doesn't blame like, his tool score. Yeah, exactly. Skype, Skype keeps giving me this warning, like you're gonna have to upgrade. You're gonna have to upgrade, and then it forced the upgrade on me today. And now nothing works properly. If you're gonna force an upgrade, how about you have your damn pro- program working properly? Yeah, no, listen, I'm, hey, listen, Skype, I'm with Jake on that one. You know, if you're going forced to upgrade, have your stuff working properly. 844-843-6879, telephone number to get involved. Y'all not ready for fantasy football, but y'all not blowing up my telephone lines like I need y'all to. Stop slacking. The NFL players are in training camp. That means it's training camp for you too, suckers. Because y'all, if y'all want to <laughs> hop in and beat the fantasy exactly, y'all need to get on the telephone, 844-843-6879, so I can let y'all know 
the tool. I'm gonna give you the tools it takes to beat me, and y'all still ain't gonna be able to do it. So we're getting to that, break that down a little bit later on, and not to mention, I do have to go into the covenant over here and scoop out a uh, football because we have a game ball to give out on the program today. So we'll get that done a little bit later on. I'm almost certain. I'm pretty sure. We'll get that done. At least I think we will. T.I. Thursday, don't forget about that. All in, kid, J.C. Let me start with this. A couple cats um, that went to the podium and spoke today, Julian Edelman and Mark Ingram. Now, both these dudes are facing four-game suspensions to start the season, but both these dudes will have fantasy value. How do you plan on tacking these two players on draft day or the two guys that you say, well, you know what, I can't risk the four games and the bye. I'm going to stay away. No, I'll definitely take him at the right place. The problem is, is people are seemingly kind of aggressive on both. Uh, it, the thing is, is Julian Edelman, when he's healthy, for one, when he's on the field, he's borderline wide receiver one with Tom Brady and PPR. But the problem is, people are still taking him as a three. I don't want him until he's on my bench. The Mark Ingram, a little bit more uh, apt to go after him because Mark Ingram, when he comes back, he's going to be Mark Ingram. The thing with Julian Edelman is why I said even when healthy, is because it's very rare he's playing 16 healthy games on top of it. So with Edelman, it's not just the suspension like Ingram. It's the suspension, plus you got to factor in that Edelman would probably come off the board somewhere between the 20-25th wide receiver, despite having that top 15 upside because he is an injury risk. So I haven't had one share of Edelman yet. Uh, Mark Ingram, I have about one or two. I, mostly a lot of people who end up with Ingram that I've seen because I haven't been getting a ton of them, are people that usually go more wide receiver heavy and then end up with Ingram as their third running back, which is a little aggressive. But first couple weeks is much easier to make up for than later in the season, at least. Well, you think about it, Mike Bloor, you got two guys that, listen, they're going to have value throughout the course of the season. I agree with Jake on the Julian Edelman in the, in the injury situation. Um, where you at on the Pats? Well, you know what? Let, wait, wait till my Pats guy come on, then we'll discuss sure. the Patriots wide receivers. Yeah. But tell me about Edelman and Mark Ingram and how, and how you would attack. Uh, Jake took the words right out of my mouth on Ingram in particular because I think it's mostly going to be people that are maybe playing a little bit of a zero RB, hoping to get Ingram back uh, a little bit later and give themselves a boost. But uh, I've always been a fan of Mark Ingram. The only question I have for both of you, and Jake, you can answer this one first, but we've always struggled a little this bit. This is Corey's show, not yours. I know, but I, 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 I want to hear from you because I think I already heard Corey's thoughts on this. Um, yeah, i got to get used to sitting in the other seat, right? But um, in any event, we've struggled a little bit with Peyton seemingly having Ingram in the doghouse. Now, most of that went out the window last year because both running backs were so productive. Do you have any concerns when Ingram comes back that he's got a full backseat to Kamara as opposed to them sharing the ball in the manner that they did last year? No, I actually don't at all because even if you look down the stretch, this Mark Ingram is still getting his touches. He's going to get around 20 per game. No, but the the team is also not going to give Kamara 20 touches per game, even while Ingram is out, because he's not built for that. You're going to get him killed just like the Redskins got Chris Thompson killed. And now Kamara is built better than Chris Thompson, and you can make the comparison for Christian McCaffrey, too, putting on muscle to try and be that. And Kamara's definitely got that ability to withstand 20 hits a game, but not 16 weeks. You just don't want to do that. He's not built to not have an injury risk if you're giving him that kind of workload. So I think he still settles into that 14 to 18 per game, which is terrific. And 14 to 18 per game will make him the same guy he was last year. Still RB1, still top 10. But Ingram's going to come in and get his. And Ingram's going to get the most important part is those inside the 10 rushing attempts. Yeah, and Corey, the one thing I'd say on the Edelman 
side of things. I, I don't really have as many. I, Jake, I think all of Jake's concerns are well-founded, uh, but I would say that he's been such a critical part of the offense for Brady yeah. that I think Brady will still look for him. Now, I just would raise the point that Belichick typically doesn't have time for this kind of stuff, right? Uh, he has not always been kind to players that he sees on their way out or maybe not being down with the program. I refer you back to the last game that was played in the Super Bowl. There was a play. There was a corner starting quarterback that was benched because Belichick didn't really feel like dealing with him. Yeah. Does he feel like dealing with Edelman? I don't know. Apparently so. He, they, they, didn't, they didn't get rid of the cat, so there you go right there. Yeah. But what I will say is he hit the Sour podium. implications there, though. He hit the podium yesterday, right? See, Mike, I like went, 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 right, right quick. Mike, I like having you here because it gives me range to, you know what I'm saying? Bounce around from topic just, to topic. Yeah. Yesterday I was doing something like, I, I, I don't know, you was hot in here and the fan fell over and I dropped the pin and all of that. And I was like, Venture, take over for a second. And Venture was like, what are we talking about? And I was like, well, <laughs> if I was to say that to Mike, take over for a second, just like that. Bam, Mike yeah. runs with it. Yeah. I'm good. That's I'm good like that. Glad you're here, Mike. Thanks, man. Um, Appreciate it. I like being here. I like, <laughs> it's like he does this on the side, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You almost think I do this. Yeah, a little bit. I've, I, have you done this your first time? A couple times. Okay, cool. A couple times. All right. So Belichick was at the podium, right? And they was grilling him on Malcolm Butler. There's Dan Shaughnessy and, and, going and, after yeah, him. Yeah, Dan Shaughnessy was going after him on Malcolm Butler, and he was like, "I'm focused on the 2018 New England Patriots." That was a. Hey, you talked to Malcolm Butler. What he has his people in the locker room. I'm focused on the 2000. I mean, that was he a was mid-season standoff. form. That was a legitimate standoff between Dan Shaughnessy, who there's not too many writers out there that don't give a crap enough to give Belichick that much grief. And Shaughnessy went after him, and I thought it was fair for him to do it. And I think guys will – most of the guys are going to back down from here on out. We realize we're not going to get an answer, but I thought it was still fair for him to do it. And everybody's just going to kind of move on from here. But Belichick, you're right. It was in midseason form. He was not having any of it. He finally got him to a point where he ranted a little bit. But he basically said, it's in the rearview mirror. I have, it's not something it's going to – he didn't even explain it. But you basically know that it's not something that's ever going to be explained in full. If Malcolm Butler wants to explain it someday, if he can figure it out, then maybe he will. Jake, if you was covering the New England Patriots, would you be one of the guys that would go after Belichick when he pulled foolishness like this, or would you play it light with him? No, no, I would definitely I would do as much as I possibly could. Yeah. I would, you know, I mean, you saw, like, uh, you got to – Maybe, uh, maybe that's that's my calling that I don't know about. Maybe because if you saw, I got a lot out of Tomlin, which people said that Tomlin doesn't answer anything. So it, maybe you got to be more disarming. You can't come as direct, but it definitely you get the direct questions after you kind of building that rapport. Maybe. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine telephone number to get involved. My man Sean in the chat, he asks um to speak on how I feel about um Jarek McKinnon in a non PPR. That's a tough call right there. I think so much of his value comes in a PPR, and what he's able to do is the pass catcher. Listen, I may don't know what you may feel as him as a toe-to-toe between the tackle running back like you have to expect him to be in a non-PPR. But one thing I do like about him in the PPR is the fact that we know Kyle Shanahan's offense. We know that those running backs in that situation, they're going to get the football. They're going to have a chance to produce RB1 numbers. Now, Jay, Kyle Shanahan in D.C. with Alfred Morris – uh, had him as Alfred Morris was RB one last right. year and um last year Carlos Hyde where was Carlos Hyde at in non PPR last year? See, I don't know if I don't know if McKinnon is as talented. Good. Is McKinnon is as talented as Carlos Hyde though? I don't think no. that. 
No, no. no. <laughs> okay, I. So that's that. That makes Carl, it unanimous. Carl's, and non PPR, Carlos High was number nine. No, wait, was that two thousand six? Yeah, yeah, number nine. Wow. So can so yeah so McKinnon should play in PPR right? Yeah, but he's not as good as Carlos Hyde. Okay, he's not as good as Carlos Hyde. But you're just saying he can be in that top twelve to fifteen. He can be in that top twelve to fifteen, even in non PPR. I think so. Non PPR. Here, I'll tell you where I have him in non PPR. I have him three, six, nine, twelve, sixteen, or seventeen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm down with that. A lot of people are not on McKinnon this year. I'm like, yo, I'll, I'll, listen. I don't want him as an RB one, but if I if I if I if I fly off and I go Antonio Here's, Brown and come back to here, Dante uh, Adams, Corey, yo, I'll keep saying what I keep saying. Look, McKinnon went off finally against the Bears last year. What did the Vikings do the very next week? They didn't give him more touches. They gave him the same. They used him the same amount. He went off the second week too. It was two really good games in a row. Well, they do the game right after that. Same amount of touches. Actually, a little bit less over the next couple of games because they started. Lo- they were struggling. Latavius Murray was coming back. He bounces back a few weeks later, has a big game again. What do they do? They keep using them the same. And if anything, they started using Latavius Murray a lot more down the stretch, as we saw. McKinnon needs to be part of a timeshare. He can be the majority of the timeshare. I'm not saying he's going to be always a 40% guy. He can be the 60% guy of a timeshare. But similar to Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins, he needs to stay in that 15 to 18 touch per game. And that's fine. And that is a high-end RB2. I don't care what format you're in. It might end up being an RB1 in PPR. But non-PPR, those type of touches, because they're coming in the passing game, you're losing those five or six points. And that's why he falls into mid-RB2 level. So we like Matt Breida then, late. Yes. I think that's as good an explanation as I've heard about McKinnon this preseason because I've been off him because I felt like he's been seen over. Look, this happens every preseason. There's a couple of guys that were really trying to figure out what their roles are so they get talked about perhaps more than their value will be demonstrated. But I think Jake's explanation is right on. If he's used in that same role, sure, he's got value. If they start pushing him to 20 touches a game, it could be problematic because he might break down. So I think if they continue to use him there, Jake's right. He's valuable. I just think he's still getting drafted too high because within every draft, there are few people that are overvaluing him. So I'm going to be off of McKinnon until it I don't, I'm not, until I, the test of water. I like where he's going. I like it, to be honest with it's you. It's been too high I, for me so I far. Like, I like, listen, it's, it's X's and O's. And I'm drafting Kyle Shanahan's X's and O's. And you take the number and the name off the back of the jersey. It's a Kyle Shanahan running back. He's on my team. Especially in the second season with Kyle Shanahan and the way the quarterback has played in it historically. But how about this? I need somebody to talk me off of the Niners. Could either of you do that? We'll get back to that in a little bit. Okay. Talk you off the Niners. You want the Niners real big? Good I, thing Ventura no. is. I'm about to say good thing no. Ventura's everybody, I feel like everybody else is. And I'm, no, is. I'm hedging a little bit. And I, I need I'm, somebody. I'm to... hedging on the Chargers. Everybody's on the Chargers. I'm hedging on the Chargers. Vegas loves eight, the Chargers. 844 Let's go out to, is this is this correct right here? Is Easy in Fort, easy in Fort Worth, Texas. This is Ezekiel Elliott. Easy in Fort Worth. Easy, what up? Yes, sir. That's correct. Easy. You don't sound like Ezekiel Elliott, but your name is Easy, <laughs> and you're in Fort Worth, Texas, so I got to give you a fantasy football frenzy. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? There you go. We got a minute, Easy. What's your question? Uh, just uh, uh, on best ball, I don't really hear you guys uh, really give any strategies or, or any uh, draft advice. Do you have any as far as uh, – Maybe getting a 
the big time players early, for example, Gronk and then your three down back and then going high upside. All right, so what we'll do, and I thank you for your telephone call, Easy. We make sure you got you covered, and thank you for that. How about them Cowboys? What we're going to do, Easy, we're going to get ready to go out to, because I'm looking at the clock. I'm not vision. Gore, you don't even need to come back with it because here's your answer. You want the answer? Go ahead, Jake. Go break it down. 10 second answer. Check the link because next week it's best ball strategies on the website. So there you go, right there. Best ball strategies, <laughs> rotoexperts.com. Promo code to get involved with we that. We can talk about it when we come back. Yeah, we'll give him a little taste. Damn, after we'll we give him a yeah. taste of what you do in best ball when we come back. Easy, since you're a good Dallas Cowboy fan, we'll break that down for you when we come back on the other side. Um, so we get some best ball strategies. <laughs> we get some best ball strategy. A couple of quarterbacks stepped to the podium today and Jameis Winston and Carson, Jason, Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford. Also, Carson Wentz does not go to the pup list. We'll break that down. Oh, my man from the Patriots is coming up. And, um, oh, gosh darn it. I'm all over the place today, y'all. But I thank y'all for staying with me. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times um, when I'm all over the place, my lady friends, they be like, you're all over the place. I'm out. So what time I told him I want to talk to him? Yeah, 120. So yeah, when we come back, we'll talk to my man Evan Lazar. We'll spend 10 minutes with him. We'll discuss these quarterbacks. I get you the information on the Beat the Exec League. It's Thursday, because I hear T.I. rocking in the background. Welcome to the frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Let it ride, Sean. Matter of fact, turn it up a little bit. T.I. Thursday right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Nope, not that loud, Sean. My God. <laughs> what? Just bring it down a little bit, Sean. Just let me find the rhythm and ride the groove right here. 844-843-6879. Telephone number to dial. Don't forget, Roto Experts exclusive edge package for 2018. Now live and lit. On this program, we use the promo code ALLINKID. Um, my man, uh, man Jake Seeley is the accuracy hey, by expert. the way, Corey. What's good? Some big news today. The fancy black book past Nick Foles book is the best selling football book on Amazon. Look at that. Well, look at God. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to my man, Joe Pisapia, the ball head assassin. Joe P. Past Nick Foles book. It's number two now. Past LDN's book. Went from <laughs> I don't call him BDN. I call him LDN because I cannot confirm or deny, nor do I want to confirm or deny. Uh, yeah, the, I, I have no opinion. The big <laughs> the, it's well, not up to me to the BDN Monica. I almost said it just now. Um, let me get to my man Evan. He covers the New England Patriots for I think oh, I got to look. I got to find it on his Twitter right now. Evan, what's going on? You can start by telling us who you cover the New England Patriots for. <laughs> sure, uh, Pat's pulpit in the Boston Herald a little bit as well. There you go, Pat's pulpit in the Boston Herald a little bit. Um, Pat's in Kent right now. Um, Evan, so glad to have you on the program, my man. Glad to have you joining us. 
talk a little Patriots football to get the fantasy audience ready. And we started off this morning uh, touching on Julian Edelman a little bit as he gets ready to battle back uh, from the torn ACL, not to mention the fact he's got the suspension. When you look at the Pats wide receiver core, when we start to get into the season and really start to get rolling, who's going to be the guys that fantasy owners are going to want to focus on? I think it's Chris Hogan. You know, I think Edelman obviously is going to be Edelman when he comes back, you know, in week five. You have that first four weeks, but I guess you couldn't, you know, keep him on your team for the stretch run. You know how great it is to have a guy come back, you know, in week five or whatever it is and and kind of carry your fantasy team for the last eight weeks or so of the season or whatever it ends up being. But I really think that besides Edelman, if you want to find a guy to, to kind of target in your draft, it's definitely Chris Hogan because he's really the true number two receiver now with Brandon Cooks in Los Angeles. There's really no other proven commodity behind him. You know, there's Philip Dorsett, there's Kenny Britt, Cordell Patterson's probably going to get some run at receiver. And then they got, you know, some young guys in Barrios and Riley McCarron and then Jordan Matthews, maybe we'll see. I think that he's kind of on a tryout basis with the team this summer. So we'll see if he makes the squad. But really, Hogan's the only guy that's been there that's been proven to be a good commodity. And Tom Brady loves to target him in the red zone. He's got a great feel of getting open in the red zone. So last year, he dealt with a little bit of injuries. The shoulder injury kept him out for a couple games. So if he can stay healthy, I think that Hogan is really the guy outside of Edelman that I would target. All right, so we're not surprising to you, but the next question has to be about the running backs because that's the same situation we deal with every single year. And I know it was a different time when it happened, but I'm sure you remember Lawrence Maroney being drafted in the first round. He had zero starts for the Patriots that uh, year. Sony Michelle drafted in the first round. We also know he fumbles, which Bilicek hates. But are you getting any sense that this might be a little bit different and we get Sony Michelle some type of consistency? Or is it going to be Michelle one week, James White the next week, and Rex Burkhead the week after that? Like it's always been with the Patriots. Yeah, I'm sure it will be a little bit of running back by committee like it's always been, unless Sony. I, I think that they're hoping that Sony takes this job by storm. They gave him first-team reps today in very first day at training camp, which is pretty unheard of for the Patriots for a rookie, especially at the running back position, to already be getting thrown in with the ones is uh, is pretty unprecedented. So that's good news in terms of his fantasy value. I think that they're hoping that Sonny Michelle takes this league by storm. Whether he does or not, you know, is obviously up to him. But if he doesn't, I love James White as a player in terms of what he can do uh, for the Patriots and what they love to do of passing to their running backs. But the guy that I would really target other than Sony would be Rex Burkhead because even last year, he had a pretty decent fantasy season, you know, just off of the touches that he did get because he got a lot of work near the goal line and he was kind of that goal line back while he was healthy. So I think that, you know, between Sony and Rex Burkhead, there is some value in both of those guys. And I, Sony, to me, I don't know exactly where he's going in drafts right now, where his ADP is at. But, you know, I think that the Patriots are hoping. I don't want to, you know, say that he's going to be a Kareem Hunt or an Alvin Kamara or anything like that. But I think that they're hoping that he's going to be a big-time contributor from day one. And if any indication, very first practice of training camp today, he's already out there with Tom Brady in the huddle. So we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm excited to see what Sony can do. I think, you know, 
with Maroney, I don't really know what the Patriots necessarily saw in Maroney. At the time of the draft, it, was, he, it wasn't a reach or by any means to take him in the first round. But just in terms of his fit in the system, it wasn't as good as it is with Sony because Sony can catch the ball. And he, he's a really good receiver, too. So I think that they have a good role in mind. It's just whether or not the rookie can take on the workload. Evan, when Gronk is on the field, he's about as bankable as anybody in fantasy football, but uh, I have a couple of really quick hitting questions. One, do you get a sense of his mindset and how healthy he feels at this point? That's one. And two, I would imagine that with Edelman out those first four games, you um, sort of illuminated what Hogan's role will be, but I would imagine it's very heavy to Gronk in that first month while Edelman was out. So first a health factor and then uh, really the outlook in that first month. Yeah, I mean, for Patriots fans, it's always it's always about 87 staying healthy. I mean, that's other than Brady, he's the second most important player on the team. Uh, you know, I, I think that his health is is in a really good spot right now. Obviously, football is football, and you never know what could happen. But the good news is is that I think he's 100% healthy right now. He told reporters today that he feels great, and he also had a full off season. You know, remember last off season he was coming back from another injury, so he had to work his way back in rehab and stuff like that. This off season, no no surgeries, no rehab necessary. So he's just been working out and getting ready for the season. So hopefully, last year he kind of was a little bit slow out of the gate, and the Patriots kind of protected him the first four weeks of the season because he was coming back from that back injury. So hopefully this year uh, you know he'll be a full go from week one on and and we'll see full go Rob Gronkowski which I think is in the best interest of him him as well because he wants a new contract so if he wants to go out there and and make some make some money for himself then he's going to have to play you know uh, like Rob Gronkowski and stay healthy so all those things behoove the player and uh, and and behoove fantasy owners I guess too so uh, I'm really excited about what Gronk is going to be this year because last year he was a little bit slow out of the gate. It wasn't really until like week six or seven that we saw the old Rob Gronkowski back. And I'm not sure that we fully ever saw the a complete Rob Gronkowski experience until maybe uh, that game against Pittsburgh where he just dominated them on that final drive. Uh, and that was kind of the turning point of his season in terms of going from being obviously a very, very good player to being the all-pro, first-team all-pro selection. Hey, Ev, let me hop back in right here, and I want to circle back on and <clears throat> talk about these running backs right quick. Now, if I first of all, Sony Michelle right now is going in about the fifth round, uh, the fourth, fifth round. He's kind of on. He's kind of lives on that four or five turn in t- in twelve team leagues, PPR and non PPR. With that being said, you, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did you say that you that the Patriots are hoping that Sony Michelle could take this job and run with it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the the goal is that Sony Michelle is going to be a feature piece of this backfield, similarly to how Deion Lewis was last year, uh, but hopefully a little bit more so than Lewis because they were really trying to preserve Lewis for the stretch run last year early on in the season, and he really didn't you know, get the carries and get the touches until about week eight or week nine. And then I think he might have led the league in rushing from, you know, a large stretch of the second half of the season. So I really think that they are hoping that Sonny Michelle is going to be that factor back that Dion was because, you know, I, I like Rex Burkhead and James White a lot. I've done a lot of writing on both of those guys. They're both great players. But I think that they're a little bit predictable when those guys are on the field, especially James White. 
teams aren't really counting on them to hand the ball off to him too much. With Michelle, they can do everything similarly with Lewis, where they can hand the ball off to him and they can throw it to him. So I think that just in terms of a schematic standpoint, that's their goal is to have Michelle kind of be that factor back that can do it all and play all three downs. So I, I think they're hoping that that's going to happen, and it sounds like they're giving him every opportunity to make that happen, giving him uh, starter reps and, and stuff like that already in the preseason. Let me so, hop in here right uh, quick and ask you about uh, Jeremy Hill. Does he make the team? Oh, that's a good one. So I think that Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley are basically competing for uh, one spot in this training camp here. Gillisley is a player that I really liked when they signed him last year. They signed him to that restricted free agent offer shoot, and I thought it was a, a pretty savvy move at the time. And then obviously his season just didn't really work out last year. A little bit of a different scheme from Buffalo to New England probably had a lot to do with that. But between Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley, I probably would lean a little bit towards Mike Gillisley just based off what I saw last year in terms of what he has left in the tank. But I think that Jeremy Hill has a chance to be uh, to make this team as a reliable short down back. And if Gillisley still can't really prove that he can make guys miss in the hole and, and uh, get yardage and, and see the running lanes the same way that a guy like Jeremy Hill might be able to, then it might be Hill's job. Uh, I, I would lean towards Gillisley making it over him at the moment, though. Uh, Evan, any, I, oh, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead, go ahead Jake. Sorry. Uh, I was, no, no problem. I was just going to say, uh, any, any insight so far, and I know it's super early, but that they're looking for Jordan Matthews to possibly be another wide receiver gem that they got off from another team and that he has more value than just the first four games with Edelman out? Yeah, it's funny because everybody that you ask about Jordan Matthews has a different answer. You know, you ask one person and, and it's that he's going to be a, a huge part of this offense, you know, that they have a plan for him. He's a lock to make the roster. Then you ask another guy and it's like, ah, I didn't really see it the last couple of years. I mean, we all watched him in Buffalo last year, even though, you know, he was hurt for most of the season. It just wasn't pretty even when he was out there. So he's kind of the million-dollar question because, you know, a lot of people think that he's going to really take this job by storm and it kind of gives them something in the slot that they haven't had before because they typically have guys like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker and Danny Amendola, these smaller guys, quick shifty guys in the slot where Jordan Matthews is more of the big body guy. So I, I think that it's a tough one to judge right now because you're really going to have to see how well he plays throughout training camp and in, in the preseason games even. But I would say that right now he's probably looking at a roster spot. I wouldn't call him a lock, but I would think that he's probably in the top five as of right now. So uh, Nate Solder obviously is uh, off to the Giants. They have a hole at left tackle, but they draft Isaiah Wynn. And I know he took reps at left tackle during OTAs. Is he expected to be the starting left tackle week one? I think, right, well, so the, the first team reps went to Trent Brown, the guy from uh, San Francisco that they traded for that went kind of under the radar uh, during the yeah. draft. They flipped a third-round pick over to San Francisco to get Trent Brown, who played on the right side for the Niners for the most part last year, but was a very, very good uh, uh, tackle in pass protection, one of the better pass protection tackles in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. So we'll see uh, if he can 
win the job that is win uh but it sounds to me like right now that they want trent brown to at least have the job in the early going maybe they'll have win play on the, in the interior at guard if, if they feel like he needs to get on the field but i but isaiah win right now is the backup left tackle to trent brown so we'll see what happens obviously that can change but um in terms of isaiah win getting on the field right away i'd say his best bet is probably to supplant joe tooney at left guard who uh was had a rough couple of years in his first two seasons in the NFL. Not a great pass protector, whereas Wynn is a terrific pass protector. So it'd really upgrade their offensive line on the interior to have a great pass protector like Wynn over a guy like Tooney. And then obviously on the right side, they have Shaq Mason, who's a terrific guard, but isn't really known for being a pass protector either. So they kind of have two weak points at left guard and right guard. And it's funny because the Eagles coaching staff after the Super Bowl uh, mentioned it and said, you know, you know, we knew going in that we were going to try to put Brandon Graham on the inside on one of those two guys and end up being Shaq Mason on the strip sack. And, you know, the rest is history. So I think that they would like to kind of upgrade the pass protection uh, overall of the offensive line this year. And they, you know, traded for Brown, drafted win, two guys that are pretty good pass protectors. All right, that's my man, Evan Laser. You can follow his work at the, I mean, with the Boston Herald and with Pat's pulpit. Ev, my man, good looking out. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. It's good to talk to you. Yes, no doubt. Good to talk to you. So there goes Evan. Good Let stuff. Me, Great yeah, info. Good stuff. I want to head up before, I want to circle back on and touch on a couple things with this. But before we do that, let's head out to, uh, head up to, uh, head out to Baltimore and bring my man Brandon on here. He's been holding on the line for a couple of minutes, so I want to make sure we get to Brandon before too long. Brandon, what's good with you? This is th- you finally gave up? Three days in a row. <laughs> Same guy? <laughs> no. Brandon? 10-team, half PPR. I've been playing for 12 years, and I have not won the chip yet. Oh, no. I usually go into a Swiss Army knife running back type of situation. Well, I look Sony Michelle. Running backs that can do everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Last year, I went bell cow, bell cow, bell cow with my first three or five picks, and it went disastrous for me. Who were those bell cows, um, though? Far- David it was David Johnson, Jordan Howard, and Ty Montgomery. Yeah, well, the, two of those dudes ain't bell cows. <laughs> Ty Montgomery's not a bell cow. No, no. Yeah. All right. Eventually, so, yeah. It didn't and then work David out. Johnson was so a, a, a injury. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, looking from half PPR to PPR, what are some of the things I should look out for in the difference between both? All right. I, I really don't think. Okay. First of all, do you know what, what you're picking at in the draft? No, sir. Not yet. Oh, you don't know what you're picking at in the draft yet. Listen, you, how many you, you start? What's your starting lineups? Quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, flex, tight end defense, or do you have that third wide in there or that second flex? Third wide. Got the third wide in there. I want to go bell cow again. Even in a ten team league, I'm going I'm going bell cow again. I'm gonna get me a back right yeah, out even, the gate. Even more so. Yeah, even more so, exactly. Even more so, Jake. I'm gonna get me a bell cow again I'm, and I'm gonna attack it and go right after it. Um, depending on where you at in draft, you know how the first round of the ADP shake out with the running backs. You got the big four at the top. You got Barkley, um, Hunt, and um, Alvin Kamara in the middle. You got Dalvin Cook, Melvin, Melvin Gordon on the back, and I just go right back to it. Just because it hasn't happened, just because it didn't happen last year, doesn't mean it's not going to happen this year. I dig it. Also, what I do is I wait for quarterback and I wait for tight end. Good job. That's probably why I'm from. Good job. In a 10-team league, you can just wait all day on QB. Yeah, no doubt. 
No doubt. And Jake will tell you, right, Jake, there's no real big difference, well, not that much of a difference in who these backs are in a half-point to a full-point PPR. No, a half-point PPR is not going to make significant Even a non-to-full-point PPR doesn't make enough of a significant difference outside a specific few outliers, like the theoretics of the world who aren't valuable in non-PPR but are valuable in PPR. The reverse, if Deontay Foreman ever took over that lead role, he would have less value in PPR. It's the outliers. It's not the majority. Like, 90% of the players aren't affected that greatly by PPR versus non-PPR. There you go right there, Brandon. Good luck to you, my man. And to Jake's point, like Thank the majority you, of running backs that are even starters are catching like between 20 and 40 passes, right? Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. push it up to 50. So you can do the math over the course of 16 weeks. We're talking 25 points, maybe, you know, like yep. it's really not a lot, but it's the Riddicks. And, you know, McKinnon brings a lot more value, but again, it's not a tremendous difference. Telephone lines open, 844-843-6879. You want to get in, get in right now. Uh, got some news on these quarterbacks and the information for the Beat the Fantasy Exec League. You can go sign up for it right now. I'll tell you where and how to do that. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. The exec, the all-in kid, Jake Sealy, my man Mike Blewett, holding it down for uh, Chris Ventra on a lovely T.I. Thursday. Beautiful day in New York City. Legs is out. Co-eds is out. I'm having a good time with it. You was a, you was texting me this morning. You was giving me a hard time. And a lot of y'all was giving me a hard time yeah. by my eight-and-a-half oh, yeah. rank and my eight-and-a-half number your fantasy for... fantasy football grading system is better than for, your uh, lady your grading. Jimmy G's um, young lady... Kira, whatever whatever shorty name is. I said she was eight and a half. I like a shapely woman. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, Jimmy Garoppolo does too. Oh, you're crazy. She's a six. She's a six. Oh, look at this one. Look, don't send me them pictures of them 12 pound girls. Come on, y'all. Blue, you gave me. She's not an eight and a half, Blue. You wouldn't throw her. I mean, you're a married man, but you wouldn't throw her out to bed. Yeah, as a buddy of mine likes to say, you're not going to kick her out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're not. Not my type. Yeah. Not into her. Forget the fact that she's an adult film star. Yeah. Put that to the side. Okay. Let's just say she's a an attorney. <laughs> right? Jake, eight and a half? Too high? She for, ain't, she's not that. For what? For that, for that lady, the girl Jimmy Garoppolo. The girl that Jimmy G went on a date with. I, and I didn't even bother looking her up. I yeah. couldn't care less. Yeah, Jake don't like that type of yeah, yeah, woman. Yeah. Not going to happen with those. I got sent to my phone. Like, I was going to look. <laughs> People, <laughs> me, is there anything? Can I find anything where she's clothed? Uh, oh, no, you can't. Probably can. the TMZ you thing. You can't find some, some stuff with her clothes. You can't. It's fair. All right. It's a fair well, question. Fine. I'll find I'll find out and uh, I'll I'll look real quick. Kiera Mia, Kiera Mia, Jake. I gave her eight and a half, and I got killed for giving her eight and a half. All right. Oh, there. I just typed in TMZ too, just to be safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could go to Instagram. I think. Oh That's yeah, what Michelle was saying yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. 
Just like a six. All right, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. That's what everybody everybody I'm said a six. Exactly. I ain't gonna listen. Well, maybe it's me, but I'd love to be a six. The first one of y'all to throw her out to bed, please let me know, and then you can she talk. She wouldn't that. even make it near my house. I understand that, Jake. Jake, <laughs> I understand. You know what I'm saying? It's wholesome. I get that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But a heathen like me, yeah, she's not. I'm not. Th- I'm not kicking her out to bed. I hear you. Yeah, I'm not. And most of the dudes in the chat. Oh, that's a, that's a little too much to work with. That's in the way there. See, that's what I don't mind that because I just take that right on down, Jake. I'm like, I can handle all of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That'd be like being in bed with like a woman and two midgets. <laughs> two uh, dwarves, Jake. You don't want to get no. Sorry, dwarves. Yeah, don't want to get no. Oh, yeah, he's the offensive people. one. Right. Yeah. He's the offensive one. <laughs> I know, right? The conversation <laughs> that you started, Jake, is the one that's out of bounds. Right. Yeah. My Thank bad. you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. This, Thank this you, Mike. Is true. Oh, sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> Uh, best ball oh, strategy. Back to your adult film star. Best ball strategy segment. for the homie, right quick. Yeah. Oh, Jake. Uh, a minute. On, we want to do a minute to help that guy Brandon called earlier oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on best ball. So go ahead. Oh, I, I thought I didn't know if you were going to jump in first. Uh, the I, I would just say the fact is it's going to move everybody up. So where you can wait on quarterback, you're just going to have to. Walk. The biggest thing is you pretty much draft normal, move your quarterbacks, move your tight ends up a little bit because you want. Ideally, the way I draft is I want two quarterbacks and two tight ends because I want to load up on running backs just because you just don't know what's going to happen. Injuries late in the season. I mean, a couple of years ago, the reason I won pros versus Joe's is because I drafted David Johnson and those last six games won me the league with David Johnson finally coming on. The, the, The issue is, is if you take a third tight end because, you know, you wait for tight end, you're kind of less like you have to use that spot on your bench. Same thing with the quarterback. If you don't get you know, of Rivers and a Stafford or something like a Roethlisberger and a Stafford and you wait and get like a Stafford and then you dig in deeper and you're getting like an Eli Manning. Well, you're going to need a third quarterback. You can't go with those two. So that's where I try. I'll push them up a little bit if the value there is on the board. But the, the biggest reason is, is because I'm trying to have at least six plus running backs on my squad, preferably seven or eight. Uh, yeah. So, so piggyback on what Jake said, I, I agree with everything he said. You're keep in mind, you're not drafting conservatively like you might be in a normal league where you have access to waiver wires and all that kind of stuff. Injuries are going to impact you significantly, which is why Jake is right about talking about extreme depth at running back. So you're trying to score as many points as possible. Those injuries will hurt you. So make sure that the back end of your roster is stronger than it might otherwise be. Uh, you know, of the guys that are going to be playing week in, week out. If depending on the depth of the league, you're going to have guys that are not valuable in week one. So they're just going to get pushed up. To his point, you want those very high-end QBs and tight ends, which you probably normally wouldn't draft. Like, I have a very hard time putting together teams with Gronk, so I very rarely draft him. But in a best ball league, I'll probably go for something like that. All right, there you go right there. Now, the San Francisco 49ers, I'm kind of with you. I, you know what? I still like the Seahawks in that division. I understand the Rams oh, and, 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 the, and the, I understand the Rams and the Niners are the trendy picks, but which team has Russell Wilson? The Seahawks. I hear you. He's been there. He's done that. They got players on that offense that's year. been there and done that, huh? He was there last year. Yeah, that's true, too. They I had get more talent on defense. I get what you're saying, but you think this meteoric rise. I understand the Rams got a talented roster. I always watch out for super teams, especially NFL super teams. They don't really pan out. It doesn't really work. Trust me, my Dallas Cowboys have tried numerous times. We've seen D.C. fail and tried numerous times. Now, the Niners I find interesting. I like Kyle Shanahan. I think they got Jimmy G, you know, in a good spot. You saw the streak they went on last year. But now they're not sneaking up on nobody this year. I'm, I'm, I'm fading them. I'm taking the under just like you. Um, blew it. Yeah. I Look, there's a couple of teams that made a lot of changes this offseason. 
and I'm probably out on one, the Bears. I'm in on another, the Titans. And I'm sort of 50-50 on the Niners because so many people have talked up McKinnon and Garoppolo and what can Goodwin be again this year. And I've always liked Garcon, but let's face it, he's coming off of a significant neck injury. Um, So I get concerned. And I end up, as I'm going through these drafts, the one guy I feel like I'm getting at value where I'm not concerned is George Kittle. Because I think McKinnon's yeah. paying, paying a little bit too much for McKinnon and Breda, frankly. Um, but I'm out on Jimmy G because the other quarterbacks around him are, are guys that I can bank on a little bit more, even though I concur that he could have a really nice season with Shanahan. What do you think, Jake? Well, you know how I feel about Garoppolo. Look at the numbers. The numbers weren't there. The yards were, but the touchdowns, the interceptions weren't there. And we can say that he said the same thing and they didn't open up the playbook enough for him. And that's going to happen more this year. And the problem is, is everybody got caught up in their undefeated run with him and what they did at the end of the season. And it spilled over into fantasy. And this, it's, you know, sometimes fantasy is different than real life. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you were, I was starting a franchise, Derek Carr would be inside my top 10, 12 quarterbacks. Is he ever going to touch my fantasy team? No, because he's probably not even top 20. He's just not the same type of player in those two aspects. It's very similar to Alex Smith, not similar skill sets, but similar to Alex Smith until last year. You really don't want much to do with Alex Smith and fantasy, but he's out there winning games. It's two different things. And I think that people got caught up in the run. People got caught up in the success, the hype, the fun of watching Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Uh, But the problem is fantasy wise, there's a lot here, even as much as you can like Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon and uh, I, Mike's right about Garcon's injury. And even though I am still a huge fan of Garcon's for just being a target hog in fantasy, but those are, that's not exactly the best duo in the league when you're talking about wide receivers. So I think people are just putting too much excitement on it and they're getting caught up in the wave. I mean, he's 32. He had a neck, neck surgery. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's tough, but he's, I think he's a great ball. player. Yeah. But that's a lot. And no, to, I, to, I feel you on that. It's a should, lot of risk. They should go get Des Bryant. All right. Um, they, probably, they might. Beat they the should have. Fan- yeah, they should have. You're right. NFFC Beat the Fantasy Exec League is going to be one week from today. You can go over to uh, Sports Hub Technologies, playnffc.com. It's right there in the game lobby. It is on Thursday night, August 2nd. It is the Beat the Fantasy Exec NFFC League. And then I'll make sure that they get you a Beat Jake Seeley League um, also coming up. So, it is a it is a competition that has you know you got to put a couple do, uh, dollars down for it so if everybody can't get in I fully understand that but yeah, you want to scared of me you want <laughs> you want to rock with the best you want to beat the best so you got to put the bread up to do that they also have an overall competition so you could come on and hit down a, a nice jackpot right there if you're that good or you can just win the league and say that you beat the fantasy executive so you head all over to a sports hub technologies NFFC site. Beat the Fantasy Exec League is next Thursday night, one week from today, 9 p.m. Eastern time start, so you can draft against the Fantasy Executive and watch the Hall of Fame game. Very nice. Yeah. Look at that. Nice yeah, little evening fun. right there. No, yeah. see, that's the thing, Corey. I was in a beat Jake Seeley. It was a $100 buy, and it was double up. You just have to finish the top six, and people are still slow to join it, and people are scared. Yeah, so y'all got a week. Don't be scared. You know, y'all Come apparently, at me. Yeah, you're Come not, at me, bro. You're not calling on the telephone, so apparently y'all got it figured out. So there you go right there. That's it. Since you don't want to call, then show me that you can beat me. And there you go right there. How you doing, Mike Florio? I'm good. Is Scott Engel going to be in that league? Scott Engel can't beat nobody. Big, he talks a big game. Scott Engel can't beat his way out of wet paper bag. Don't, that GST <laughs> was a fluke. You know what I'm saying? With a, with a pair of scissors in his hand, Corey. There, there you go, Jay. With a pair leader. of scissors with his hand. Can't get it done. But now <laughs> I bring you up here. out of a wet paper bag with a pair of scissors in your hand. There <laughs> I, you go. I love that. That's a good one, too. Um... 
Florio, I bring you upstairs. Florio, of course, you know, be coming up next on the fantasy, uh, the BFFs, the best friends forevers. Doot, 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 the whole thing. But I've been knowing Mike Florio for a very long time. From Is, is, is Mike Florio lying? For years we got that done. Remember when, you, when Scott first told me to start putting you on the air at rotoexperts.com. And tomorrow, actually, will be your last day with the Fantasy Sports Network. Yes, it will. And I really hope a lot of those, like, early my first early appearances on Series XM, I hope those are gone forever. <laughs> they they, they were some of the best. <laughs> they remember, were when, remember when y'all had the trash talk uh, competition between you and what was that dude, Kyle Soppy? Was that yeah. his name? I beat him. You did beat him. But, <laughs> but that was, was bad. Careful. Yeah. It was bad. Beat him. Jake, he, he's come a long way, Jake. <laughs> he has. I, I love Florida. is one of my favorites. There you go right there. And he's doing your thing right now. And I'm very proud of you. You want to tell people where you'll be taking your talents to? Uh, should I say it on here? I was not sure. Yeah, he's saving it for BFFs. Oh, that's if you cool. want to save it for BFFs, that's cool. You oh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, I wasn't sure if I should say it on the radio. Here, no. You can say that. I don't... They can <laughs> follow you on Twitter. Yeah, nobody yeah, going to do nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I guess I'll say it. Um, I'm joining the NFL Network. There you go right there. My man Florio's taking. He's moving from Queens to Los Angeles to go join the NFL Network. So congratulations to you, Mike Florio. Very happy. And everybody in the YouTube chat that's wondering if this game ball is for Kiera Mia, the young lady that was with Jimmy Garoppolo with the huge breasts. No, they're not. They're for my man, Mike Florio. Mike Florio, you get the you you. get the, uh, you get the uh, fantasy football frenzy game ball. With the fantasy Thank football you. game ball for Mike Florio. <laughs> you get a helmet sticker, and uh, we'll make sure that we have a real good time tonight as we celebrate your departure. No, <laughs> as we celebrate your time here. Give me he's a second, a, Sean. He's got a power hour today, right? Something like that? We got a power hour going down today, so that's going to be good times. I'm going to be in my corner. I'm going to bring a 40 to the power hour with a bag over it and all of that. Old school. <laughs> Coors Light? Coors Light with the, you know, already ready to know the rest. You know what I'm saying? Corey, I know you were... I know you were very tempted to give this game ball to... Uh, Kiera Mia? Yeah. I did. <laughs> YouTube, we out. Holla at your boy. Congratulations to Mike Florio. Yeah, I was um, uh, tempted to give it to her. I took a beating for that on Carton and Friends this morning because I said she was eight and a half, and everybody's like, oh, God, no. And I'm like, y'all are not throwing her out the bed before you <laughs> criticize me. Don't no. act like you're not... Jake would throw out the bed. She wouldn't even get next to Jake's house. I get that. I understand that. I'm not that guy. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, my no. block. And the thing is, like, <laughs> she's she's older than Jimmy G, so he was living out his, cool, like, yeah. childhood fantasies. He's probably had love, made love to her many nights. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got to do the chance to do it for real. Yeah, look, a lot of money and fame has come at Jimmy G, like drinking from a fire hose kind of thing yeah. all at once. So I don't think he exercised his greatest judgment in that moment. We obviously have different grades on this particular person. Yes, but we do. Have, we have graded are, out different strokes for different <laughs> folks. He is not going to marry her. It's nothing wrong no. with going out. I, right, I, I really don't care. Like, with her. He yeah. just dated her. Way it's down fine. my rankings. <laughs> she blew, she <laughs> blew up his spot more than anything. I'll she bet really she did. blew up his. But of course she's going I'll bet to. She you did. know what I'm saying? <laughs> because on Instagram story, she was like, "Hair's about to go into a ponytail now." This is probably more famous than she's ever been. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She is more famous than she's ever had. People gave Jimmy G a hard time. I don't have no beef with that. I mean, like you said, he's not marrying her. Yeah, you go. Now, now don't, don't you go out to L.A. and do that. <laughs> By the way, like, he, he didn't girl. do anything wrong. Yes. He went on a date. Exactly. And honestly, after the date is over, it's nobody's business. It's nobody's business in the first place. But yeah. these creepy 
photojournalists have a long view camera and they're uh-huh. peeking in on snap, their snap, their snap, lunch snap, or snap, dinner snap, or whatever it was. Snap, snap. That's what they're, they're gonna be doing a Florio in LA. <laughs> yes. Right. Florio was spotted with a big breasted porn star. And you don't no, do that. No, no, no. <laughs> my, my girlfriend's coming with me. So well, there you go. That's the there you go, my man. That's the ask, way you go Florio. right there. Did he find it did he find a nice Fancy place? Executive on the other hand. <laughs> She's coming home. <laughs> did you find a place? Not yet. Still okay. looking. Yeah, right. uh, so Hopefully soon. They have great apartments in Compton. I don't know. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm staying away from there. No. I'm staying away from Inglewood. No what? of uh, Slauson no. and Weston. <laughs> yeah, Slauson. Stay, stay out of there. So um, the good, uh, another upside of moving to L.A., other than the weather, and uh, it's a great town. I love it out there. But uh, also harder to watch Mets games. So there you go. Upside. So I'm very happy that I am moving over 3,000 miles away that I can't (laughs) give them my money. (laughs) Good for you. But you'll go see Matt Chavez Ravine, though. Yeah, but the Wilpons don't get that money. That's true. That is true. That is true. Tell Florio I told him to switch teams. Uh, oh, you don't have a half. Uh, my bad. Uh, he says, uh, Jake said switch teams. Like I did with the Knicks, switch teams. They just I can't. screw the Mets. It's too, it's too much in my, in my life. I guess. Like, like, would you, you give up cut. the Cowboys? No. Even if, like, no. you hated the you owner? break up. No. That's the thing. Like, the Mets are Tell my Cowboys. For a second. Tell them pause for a second. Well, but, you break up with them, but you know that you could always get back together if the Wilpons ever leave. Oh, there you go. You break up with the Mets, and then when the Wilpons leave, y'all can. Why would they well, leave? And wait, they still getting paid. Yeah. It's but probably they, not going to happen. I'm just they, saying, you, you, they, they would need to pass away. Can't break up with the Mets, but you broke up with Queens. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. I'm going to miss Queens. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss it here. I'm going to miss everything. Yeah, no doubt. But, but it'll be good. That'll be Manifest fun. destiny. I don't know what always Frank's going to do without you, though. I worry because that, that relationship has always been weird to me. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, well, these two are. So, you okay, know what's whatever. funny? I don't really see Frank outside of work much. Really? Like, I could, I, I would have sworn that had not been the case. I used to see him a lot more. Now, you know, like, he's grown up. He's grown up on me. <laughs> he's grown up on you. Yeah. And you've grown up on him, and now you're going across <laughs> the country. Yeah. So that's good. That's what's up, though, my man. I, I'm glad that you got that opportunity, and I know you show sure you'll go out there and kill it and just take the whole joint from all of them. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. You yeah. just be the man out there. You know what I mean? Because not, not, none of them is really that good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They've been doing it for a long time, but it's not like you can't come in there and start There's running spots. no fantasy spots. executives out there? There's no fantasy executive out there. Just That's my thing. When you go to a place or you get an opportunity, I'm running the spot. <laughs> if, you, if you get what I mean, <laughs> Adam Rank and Marcus Grant can keep coming on my podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Yes, Adam Rank and Marcus Grant are on target. Make sure. Matter of fact, speaking of the on target podcast, you Marcus know, Grant was on today. Marcus Grant was on the day, so you want to go down and you want to ra- download it, Apple iTunes, rate and review it, and that's a good look for the All In Kid. And don't forget the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge um, package. Use the promo code All In Kid at checkout. Mike Blewett, thank you very much, sir, my man, for, for rocking with us today. Um, my niece, who lives out there not too far from you, four years yeah. old last night, swallowed a dime. Really? Yep. You feeling okay? Well, I had to go down and get it. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It, oh, wow. Normally it passes through, yeah. but it got, it's, it got logged in there. Had to go. Had to call the specialist to go get it. The but dad they, of a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I totally understand that. There you go, right Sucks. there. All right, so there you go. Once again, for the all-in kid, Jake Sealy. Shout out to everybody on the fourth floor for my man Mike Blue for hanging out, and for the game ball recipient, Mike Florio. This is the Fantasy Football Frenzy. <laughs>